What's up, you guys? Welcome back to the Bitchopedia podcast. I'm your host, Becca, and today I want you guys to come on a journey with me, all right? I This is something that I have been battling, not just with my podcast, but honestly, in every area of my life. I have gone through what I now realize is um, a shamanic death, and I heard the term of course, I know y'all already know what I'm going to say on the Manifestation Babe podcast. And she was interviewing, oh my God, I'll have to, I'm going to look up the episode so you guys can look it up. Um, it was the episode she published on 222, but she was interviewing, it's episode 233. He was interviewing someone and he was talking about how he was going, he had been going through all of these transformations and they called it a shamanic death. So I looked into it and I was like, holy shit, this is, this is what I've been experiencing. And he basically described it as a massive shedding of the old. And it's this massive growth period where you become way more aware of yourself and everything around you. And you question everything, (laughs) like literally everything. So this would be, if you think about shamanic deaths that you know of, popular ones that you would resonate with, we're talking about like midlife crisis, quarter life crisis, Uh, becoming a mother or a father, a parent is an example. It just means that you are now this person, you are a different person, you can identify differently let's use the example of becoming a parent. Once I became a mother, I can't go back to not being a mom. I'm always going to be a mom regardless, right? So that's what people say when they talk about you're on your spiritual journey and they say, there's no going back. After enlightenment, there's no going back. You cannot become the person that you were before. And that is, for one, very scary, very scary. Uh, Any kind of change is difficult. And there were, despite the fact that there was a lot of bad, well, not bad, I shouldn't say bad, but a lot of less than desirable qualities <laughs> that I had, you know, I was quick to anger, um, a lot of frustration, a lot of anxiety, things like that, that I had to work through, but I was still really attached to who I was before. And that is not uncommon, by the way, it's the same the same thing that gets people stuck in abusive relationships. The devil you know is better than the devil you don't, right? This situation may be shitty for me, but I know how to deal with it, or I thought I did at the time, you know, like depression. I knew how to deal with depression. I've been depressed. I, I got it, right? Anxiety, nothing new. But me living in it and accepting it was not dealing with it. I needed to deal with it and get to the root of the issue so that I could stop living with anxiety. And that was honestly not even something that I thought that I could do ever, ever. I have had depression and anxiety, especially depression since, I mean, as long as I can remember the the first stage that I recognize it and remember recognizing it was when I was a teenager. And then from then on out, it was just, I identified as a person who has depression, but I got through it or I thought I was getting through it, but honestly, I was just trudging through life. So once I started on this spiritual journey, I started seeing my world kind of fall apart and not kind of really fall apart. (laughs) And all these ideas that I had since I was born, I was 
completely reprogramming. I started with the Joe Dispenza book. I talk about it, uh, reprogramming your subconscious. It's like, I think the title is breaking the habit of being yourself, how to lose yourself and create a new one, how to lose your mind and create a new one. And it's about reprogramming the subconscious. And when I started this, all of this started because I was in a happy relationship and then it ended. And all of a sudden I didn't know what to do because my entire, like I thought I was going to be with him for the rest of my life. I thought I, this was back in 2020. I had just gotten a job at the convention center, which was my dream job. I wanted to be an event planner. I thought this is it. I'm finally, like I am living my dream. Holy shit, I made it. And then that was in February, 2020. So uh, if you guys haven't blacked it out of your memory, you know what happened around February, March of 2020. COVID hits, obviously they don't need event planners during the middle of a pandemic. So I was out of the job. And then, you know, we kind of rode that midline for a little while of whatever bullshit 2020 was, where we were all just trying to figure out what the hell was going on. That was enough to deal with, right? And then November 2020, um, I got, I found out that my boyfriend was cheating on me and I got COVID. And for two weeks, I was in the house sobbing, just absolutely sobbing. My whole world, was crushed. And on top of that, my body was shutting down. It felt like COVID felt like I got hit by a car and it was just, there was no desire to do anything. And it, it sat with me for a while until one day that was my like enough is enough moment. It was like, all right, the old life is gone. And it's still taking me time to accept that and to, to acknowledge that idea. Right. Because you still want to go. I mean, there's always that thing in the back of your mind. It's like, you know, you can have that life again, but it's taken me this long to realize I don't want that life again. And by the way, I couldn't have that life again if I wanted to, because I know too much now. I just know, I'm not saying I could never fall back into it because spiritual work is just that it takes work. So obviously if I gave into my fear and my shame and all the lower vibration things, I would obviously sink back into that. But it would truly be worse than before because I would have seen that light and I would have known that my life had this potential. So I was talking to a friend the other day about this and kind of how uh, I'm in another spot of my life where I'm kind of just sitting in the middle waiting for something to happen. But this time I've got a lot of faith and my faith is definitely being tested. Do not get me wrong, but I'm okay with the shifts that are happening. And this, I want to, I want to just take a second and address, as I meant to say this at the beginning, this whole podcast episode is coming about because I have really been struggling with the duality of my personality and sharing every side of my personality and, and not even knowing what my personality is anymore. That's really what started all of this was thinking and realizing the other day, I was actually taking um, a personality quiz. And it was some, you know, ran a, a BuzzFeed quiz or something about like fucking which cartoon character villain are you or something like that. And I started taking it and I was going to the answers and going to answer them. And it was, you know, one of them was like um, cold hearted bitch, basically. And I went to click that answer. And then I stopped and was like, I don't, that's not true of you anymore. And it probably wasn't before, you know, that was kind of just a narrative that I had in my mind of everyone has kind of told me that I'm this um, not 
directly, but you know, subconsciously, the, the story my brain had created about myself was that I was this villain and I was a lovable villain to the the ones who you know were loyal to me and say true to me, whatever. I was a really good friend, but also you didn't want to be on my bad side because I had no chill. Okay. And that was who I was. But now I, I didn't even realize it was happening until I looked back and started answering these questions. And I was like, that's not even true anymore. It was talking about, one was about what, you know, your mood, what kind of mood are you in? You know, are you a generally happy person or are you pessimistic? And I went to choose pessimistic because that's what my brain is used to choosing. That, that was the old identity that I had was I was this pessimist and I didn't resonate with that anymore it's like you're not you are one of the most positive glowing people because that is one of my affirmations to myself that I have told myself every single day I'm bringing light to a situation I am positive I am a source of light and abundance all these things so now my brain is like uh, hey that's not your answer anymore answer it right and you it's not going to line up with who you thought you were but that's okay so then my next step in my crisis, my shamanic death was, all right, well, if that's not who I am, then who the fuck am I? Who the fuck am I? And this has been, I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast, but this is something that I have struggled with for the last year or so. Um, I, I used to want to do a lot of Bravo related things. Bravo, I don't know, some people, I know we've got a lot of countries listening. So if you don't know Bravo, it's basically trash television, like trash reality TV. And it's honestly pretty low vibration. So I have to take it in smaller doses now. But it was something that I was obsessed with for my, like, since, I don't know, 2009 or something, the first, or 2007, I think, is when the first Real Housewives episode aired. And since then, I have just been obsessed. I have been consumed by this. I wanted to talk about it with anyone I wanted to do. I wanted to make a podcast about it. I ended up making a TikTok about it and then it went viral and everyone was like, holy shit, this is so funny. Make more, make more. And it was basically just a TikTok recap. I mean, it's ridiculous, but it was a a TikTok recap of Housewives episodes. So it went crazy. I mean, a lot of people, I got a lot of followers that, um, on the Bravo community on Twitter were a big deal to me and I was very excited and everyone was like yeah make more but then when I started doing it I was completely unfulfilled and I was like this is not fun at all I don't like doing it I was putting it off I didn't I stopped watching Bravo which is like I don't even it would be like if someone said um which this is an American reference too but if someone was like Tom Brady doesn't like football anymore (laughs) like that doesn't even make sense what football is all that he is bravo was all that I was but I wasn't anymore and I was like if this isn't bringing me joy what the fuck does bring me joy and also I it's annoying to me that I hit success and now I've got people or you know success on a small level but I've got potential a lot of growth potential growth potential uh because I've got you know these famous people these really good connections through bravo through twitter that I had been making, but all of a sudden I was like, I don't want to do that anymore. So I stopped. I just stopped. I stopped watching it. I didn't even want to look at the episodes. I was like, I'm not into it. I'm going to focus on my podcast because that is what brings me the most. It, it fulfills me the most. And I feel like that's my purpose. My purpose in life is not to make TikToks about Bravo, right? 
So then I was like, wait, I talked to a friend about it and I was talking about how I felt like a sellout because I have all these things, you know, I want to talk about on my podcast. I, I talk about attachment styles, but it's also like sexual assault and people who have been severely traumatized. You know, we talk about these really deep and meaningful things. And then on the other side of it, I'm talking about housewives and reality television and that doesn't make sense to me so uh, my friend was like well you know what this is what I always said because he lived out in LA for a little while he was like I had to remind myself like whatever gets my foot in the door that's what I'll do so I was like all right I'll use this as a stepping stone and I'll like get people's attention with Bravo and then I will put all the heavier stuff of my content on them like sneakily basically <laughs> like I basically tricked them into listening to the stuff that I actually want to talk about by using Bravo so then on TikTok I start posting things that are just like all right well this is me this is my TikTok it was my original TikTok and a lot of the followers I got because I had posted something spiritual and then when I posted the Bravo thing I got a lot of Bravo followers so now I was almost up to I would think it was like 10,000 followers like very close 200 away or something like that and then I hit this plateau and people I started losing followers and I was like it's the it's the spiritual people in here man I got on like spiritual TikTok and then now I've got Bravo so it's half spiritual half Bravo I feel like I can't please anyone so then I would just post videos that was just me just me talking if it was a snapchat or something that I'd sent my friend and I was like this is funny this is me I'll show the world I, I, so I started publishing that on there and I was getting like two or three hundred views on it so now I'm like what the fuck I don't even know what to put like I'm just all turned around I don't know what to pursue so what did I do my my uh fight or flight mechanism fight flight or freeze was freeze shut down I just completely shut down I was like well then I just won't fucking post anything I don't care who cares about TikTok I'll just go and get my yoga certification so I started doing that because I love yoga. And I'm like, maybe this is my thing, but how do I integrate it? And I wanted to be a life coach, but then I feel like no one's going to, this is just my spiral of my brain that I'm taking you on. Like, this is how it all went down. And it was just back and forth and back and forth. And then in the meantime, I lose my job. So now I'm unemployed and crunch time is really the fuck on like, Hey, now it's time to figure this shit out. You actually have to. So I'm like, okay, Hey, I do best when I'm back into a corner, light a fire under mass and I'm going but what I don't what direction am I even going in like I don't even know where I'm going so I've got I just sit there I don't know where to go and I want to show people who I really am but the last few times I've opened up and been vulnerable about that even looking at like my relationship that was the most authentic I had ever been with anyone like twin flame level of time doesn't even make sense to me anymore. I'm like, what? I don't, I still think it's like 2019, but look at the the person that you've become. You would not have become that in this comfortable relationship. And how do I know? Because I was in that comfortable relationship for years and I wasn't growing. Like the idea for the podcast came and things like that. But anytime I would have had the chance to sit down and record, I would have just spent it with him because I loved him and I wanted to spend time with him. So that's like the, the universe, I use this um, metaphor, I picture it like this, like if my kid has a play date, and he wants to keep playing, and I'm like, hey, you have to come home, we, you got to go home, we got to eat, we got to nap, 
And you're like, I don't want to do that. And it's like, well, I don't fucking care. You got to eat and you got to sleep. I don't care. I know you want to sit here and play, but you can't. There is a time and a place that you will be able to meet up with this person again. Y'all will have another play date. I swear to you, just we got to go eat and sleep. And the kid doesn't understand that because he's a child. But the mom understands because she's got the bigger picture. Like, hello, you're going to sit out here. And I promise you when eight o'clock rolls around, you're like, mom, I'm hungry. And if I don't start planning for it now, you're not going to eat and then you will be starving. So I'm going to anticipate your needs since you're not capable of it. Let me do it for you. And that's how I look at the universe. That's what I look at it as doing for me is with my ex-boyfriend. It's like, Hey, I know you're really happy, but we got stuff to do. So you gotta, come on, let's go. And I went kicking and screaming the entire way, but the universe also didn't care because it's just like a loving mother. It's not that it's not that I, I don't love my son when I tell him we have to go home. It has nothing to do with love. It's like, hey, there's a bigger picture in play. You just got to relax, okay? And one day you'll understand. And we tell that to our kids all the time. Like, one day it will all make sense to you. And just, we have to imagine that's what the universe is doing to us. It's like this loving mother that's trying to be like, hey, listen, listen, I hear you and I get it, but you just got to relax because there's timing for these things, right? We're on a schedule. So all of this happens and now I'm in that weird center phase that's basically Sadhguru. I don't remember exactly um, the whole quote, but he was talking about, and he was like, you know, you have this awakening and then if you don't go all the way into it, but you also, like I said, can't go all the way back and you're just sitting in this middle ground of bullshit and you're a professional bullshitter and it, I hate to admit it, but it's true. I have been bullshitting because I I got hurt once or twice. My I didn't get, my ego got hurt once or twice, you know, because I tried to show who I really was and it wasn't immediately received on a social media platform by the way with an algorithm that is now so confused it doesn't even know like even the TikTok algorithm can't figure out my personality like what are you doing, bitch? Just pick a lane, right? That's what, and so that's what it is. Just if, actually, that's a good example. And I'm just having this like download now. But if you're on TikTok and you have an algorithm, right? The things that you like, if you're actually liking the things that you like, the algorithm is going to be perfect. What even, what direction I want to go, but I have to choose a direction. Otherwise, I'm just spinning my wheels, right? So the key to getting through a shamanic death or a midlife crisis, whatever you want to call it, an identity crisis, existential crisis, whatever. The key to getting through it is that you have to let go or it's going to be way worse, okay? Resistance feels like suffering. If you don't fully commit, that is going to lead to ultimate misery. Like that is the worst thing that you can do because you're awake enough to see the truth but you're too scared to let go of the past, which is where I have been, is riding that bullshit middle line of like, I know exactly what I'm supposed to do. And I know I'm supposed to have faith. I see these things, but you got to implement it. And I can't fully implement these things that require faith if I still have fear. Fear and faith cannot coexist. And gratitude and fear also cannot coexist. So the best way to get rid of fear, besides just taking action, if you want like a little before state, is to practice gratitude, writing out gratitude lists, 
I have a gratitude rock, which it's from the show or the, um, the documentary, The Secret. And it talks about a gratitude rock. They were selling these rocks and they're just everyday rocks, but they put this intention to it that every time they would touch this rock or see this rock, they would express gratitude. They would thank the universe for something, whatever it is. So I have a gratitude rock. It's just a moon rock. And I have a friend who has her sister, <laughs> just a little rock that now every time, you know, you put it in your pocket or put it wherever, every time you see it, you stop in that moment and show gratitude and it will become second nature. Just trust me. I literally weep with joy from gratitude. I'm not even shitting you like the, it's insane how emotional I have gotten and not like a bad emotion, just overwhelming emotion of like joy and happiness and by the way, I've gotten off. There was a break. Uh, I, I didn't take them when I was pregnant, but I've been on antidepressants for since like 2009 at least. And I've, I decided recently within the last couple of weeks that I was going to stop taking them. And it was because I heard a Tony Robbins podcast. He was talking about how people take antidepressants and are still depressed. And I was like, holy shit, that's me. Like the antidepressants are not helping. And I've built up this idea and belief system that I can train my brain to do whatever. And if I can train my brain, then it creates the reality that I want to exist in. And it's been working so far, so much so that I'm like something, this is, it's, I, I can't not believe it anymore. It has happened enough times and consistently enough. And I have studied enough people who have been successful who have gone through these things and are saying, this is what they did. This is what I did. And this is how I got success. And I'm following those steps. So I know if everyone who is successful is saying that they did this, why would I not be successful if I did it? It doesn't make sense. They're not superheroes. They're humans. And I'm a human and I can do it. I know the steps. So I've just got to start taking them. So releasing fear and stepping into action was the biggest step that I had to take. And that is, that's releasing the past, releasing your ideologies that you had had in the past, these fear-based ideologies. That is a, a major manifestation block. A major block for your manifestations is not letting go of the past. Okay, so let's use the example, your boyfriend cheated on you and you decide to take him back. You are making an active, active decision to take him back. But then for the next two years, Anytime he does anything wrong, you bring up him cheating. Is that you forgiving it? Have you forgiven him? Have you let it go? No. So you have to decide either you're going to be in it. Like if you're going to be in the relationship, despite the cheating, you have to actually get over it. If it is not something you cannot let go of, you cannot be in the relationship. Does that make sense? Because it's just going to be miserable. You're never going to get through it. It's, it's, you're going to be living in the past. That's what this is, is you're blocking your manifestations because you want to be living in this future that you're building and you're creating and constructing through manifestations and all these things. But then you're still stuck in the past because you're keeping these blocks and these old ideas of how the world really operates. And it's a fear-based society. You know, it's all rooted in fear. So if you will let that go, you will have room for abundance. And that's what I mean, if you think about a room in your house, you, the more shit you clear out, the more space you have to put good things in, right? I just got rid of, I'm, my son is seven and I'm looking at 18 month clothes because I'm a hoarder, okay? An emotional hoarder 
And I have an emotional attachment to everything. So now I'm also a physical hoarder or have been a physical hoarder. But I was like, all right, it's time to go. We're going to clear this shit out. So I did. And now he's got so much space, so much so that he told me the other day, mama, the house looks naked. I was like, yeah, babe, this is what it's supposed to look like. It's not, there's not actually supposed to be this shit lining the walls in boxes that we moved three years ago. Like I've been living in this house for three years and I've got this shit. I have moved this shit with me, moved houses with me rather than getting it gone the first time we moved I packed it all up and brought it with me like what the fuck if that's not symbolic I don't know what is so let me tell you this story about we're talking about making space last night I did um it's one of those night meditations that you do while you're listening or while you're sleeping I start playing it and it was John Moyer I, I follow him on YouTube and he's got a lot of them and some of them are really intense like the last one I had to stop so one of them popped up and it said uh, something like, you know, releasing energy vampires is what it was. And I was like, all right, that's what I need. I feel like I've been getting, there's someone who is sucking the life out of me and I haven't been able to cut these cords. So I need to cut the ties of the past, you know, shut it down. So I started the video and I end up falling asleep and I enter into this trippy dream, lucid dream. I don't know what it was, but it was terrifying. I woke up scared and had to do a little bit of grounding because it shook me to my core but I was walking to the couch there was one of my friends and it wasn't her face didn't look like my friend it was a blend up of more than one friend and I was trying to talk to her and she was sitting on the couch but she was paralyzed like could not move her entire body it looked like she it looked like she was dead and I walked over to her and I touched her on her shoulder I've just got chills all over my body and it was like I was sucked into this place with her and I heard them say this faraway voice say you've got to come back or you'll never you'll never be able to come back we're going to lose you forever come back come back come back so when I touched my friend I was trying to pull her out and I was getting sucked back it felt like something was grabbing in my throat and pulling me towards them and I realized when I woke up it was symbolic of me trying to take all of my friends with me on this journey and the sad truth of it is they can't come with you on the journey. Not all of them. Some of them will. Some of them will stick with you. But when they say that this is a lonely place, that this is a lonely journey, that's what they're talking about. You are losing people because you do like toxic things. Like I said, toxic things fall out of your life. My old job, that was somewhere that I worked for years. You know, all of my friends were there and now it's gone, but it's because it's not in alignment in with me anymore. It is not in alignment with my vibration that place is operating at a low vibrational level and once my vibration started to rise it couldn't stick around it just couldn't so I don't take it personally it's I see it as a you know this happened for me because I was never gonna leave I just wasn't I wasn't gonna walk away from a situation that I was comfortable with because you know like I said devil you know is better than the devil you don't so I would have stayed there. So the universe said, okay, well, you asked for it. So here you go. So it took it away. And there have been also a lot of people in my life, a lot of friends who I thought truly were going to be with me for the rest of my life. People just all over my life that I thought were going to be with me who aren't right now. And I'm not saying that they won't be ever again, but they are not in vibrational alignment. And that was something that I have struggled with is I've, I try to help people 
to the point where it's draining my energy. And I realized that recently, like this is a new development because I always, I'm, I'm the advice giver. I'm of the friend group. I'm the mother of the friend group. I'm, I'm the therapist of the friend group. That's my identity. People come to me when they need advice because I give good advice. And before it was like, do as I say, not as I do. But now I feel like my advice holds more weight because people are seeing that these are actually words that I'm living by. And that, by the way, has made a complete difference in the way that I give advice because I know people are not being like, all right, well, you're a fucking hypocrite. Because most of the time, and if I'm not, if, I, if it's not something that I am, that I have completely managed, it's something that I'm actively working towards, right? So I'll still point out like, you know, by the way, this is not something I have, I don't have everything figured out, but I can tell you, you know, this is the way you should be handling it just because objectively, I'm able to see the patterns in your life and take the emotions out of it and say, I don't know anything about your situation, but if you're feeling this, like if you're feeling uh, stuck, this is where it's coming from. And it's through asking them questions. I don't have to know any of the details. It's just asking them the right questions. And that's what I was talking about with becoming more aware in these shamanic desks because you have more than one. But every time you have one, you, le you level up in awareness. So now I've come to the point where I can see these patterns so easily and I'm recognizing these patterns so easily. And that comes through meditation. So getting back to the story about my meditation last night, I cut off the energy and I woke up and freaked out. I finally pulled up, I pulled myself out of it and was like, all right, whatever just happened, something has been sucked out of me. Like it felt like someone was sucked out of me, like the energy vampire, I guess that had been, it's like a parasite. If you picture like a leech had been on me and then they pulled it off, but from the inside, <laughs> I don't know if that makes any sense to you guys, but it was scary. And I woke up and it had only been like 20 minutes that I had been asleep, but it felt like hours. And I woke up and I had to ground myself. So this morning I texted my spiritual advisor, Bibi, who has been on the podcast. And if you haven't heard that episode, go listen to it. It's called Interview with My Guru. And she's phenomenal. I looked her for advice in any capacity spiritually. So I messaged her and told her I had to tell her about this cord cutting ceremony that I had done. And she said, do you feel liberated? And I was like, honestly, no. I feel empty and I feel vulnerable. <laughs> she said that I needed to fill it with light. I needed to fill that space, space with light because if not, I was going to become a vacuum and you don't want to do that. And I was like, holy shit, you're right. You're right. Because that's what it was. I felt it. There was this, it was a big gaping hole. Something had been taken out and it was, I was very vulnerable to be filled. Like then my next step was very important because whatever I was going to be filled with next was going into a completely empty space. Okay. So just imagine like if you have white carpets and white furniture, you want to, you want to walk into that house with the booties over your feet, like no shoes, clean feet. You don't want kids with their little grimy hands. Like everyone go wash your hands. We'll be really clean because this nice crisp white furniture, everything is brand new. So that's how I felt like I had this big empty space and I feel very vulnerable because just anything could fall into my cup. So rather than sitting around and letting the universe just fill it with whatever comes along, I was actively going to take steps to fill it. So I told her, yes, I'm going to do yoga. I charged myself under the sunlight, just meaning that I put my chest to the sun and just felt the energy of the sun because it's such a big energy source coming into me. And letting it flow through. I had a beautiful yoga session. I finished and I got out in nature. And then I got inspired 
to record this podcast. So it was full circle and everything was happening the way it was supposed to. Um, but that brings me to the next thing I wanted to talk about, which was the symbolism of, I saw, this is one of the things I'm trying to pick up on is channeled messages and these downloads. If you've heard me talk about that before. And I say it a lot, but I don't want to be too esoteric about, or I hadn't wanted to be too esoteric with all of my talkings because I was afraid that it was going to go a little too woo-woo for some people. But that is something that I have now decided I'm going to change. I do not care if you think it's too woo-woo. I just don't care anymore. <laughs> like if you, if you don't like those episodes, I think there will still be plenty of episodes where we talk about psychology and things like that that won't be as, as deep but, uh like yoga with adrian always says you know take what resonates leave what doesn't so if you don't get it on a spiritual level or you can't relate with that totally fine but that's part of me accepting who i really am is this is who i am and i cannot keep hiding that part of the world a part of myself from the world i just can't it's what's it's what's killing me slowly. Like it's blocking a bunch of my manifestations because I'm not living my true self. I keep going back and forth about what I want to talk about and who I want to be. And it's like, you, what? You just forgot who you were. Go back to who you were. What are you doing? You don't, you're not anyone else. You're you. So stop trying to, to put on this front and worry about how you look to people. And I don't, by the way, in real life, I don't, I don't care about it. You know what I mean? With the real people, the people who are actively around me every day, I don't care about their opinions for the most part. I don't, I don't mean it in a mean way, but like I do what I want and say what I want to say and don't care about anyone's opinions. But then for some reason, as soon as I step in front of this microphone and get on this, any, any sort of platform, there's strangers all around the world. All of a sudden, I really start caring. And I think it's because it's such a broad audience. But that's good because that means that there's plenty of people who will be into what I'm talking about and plenty of people who won't. Okay, so that is something that is important. Honestly, that's the real reason I wanted to talk today on this podcast is to kind of put out to the world, I'm done um, hiding any aspects of myself. And if ever I get too woo-woo for you, that's fine. I get it. My myself three years ago wouldn't recognize the person that I am today. This journey is not for everyone. That's fine. Or it's not for everyone right now. That's fine. But if anything I say sticks with you, then I will have done my job. Okay. So let me read this to you. It's an entry that I wrote about, and it was just, just fast typing, just a journal entry, a rough draft, uh, because I saw a mockingbird today. And it wasn't just, there's a difference. And I, you pick up on it with your intuition. Something just feels different. So like with clairaudience or clairsentience, these are like psychic abilities. Their audience is to hear songs or, you know, channel messages through sounds. And one thing that I've picked up on is channeled messages through songs. So the way that I'll hear it is it will sound really, really loud. It'll sound like, I don't know how to describe it in words, but it would sound like if someone was, trying to play a song to you and you knew that they were trying to play it for you like my kid was trying to, to play something on the tv and was like mom look mom 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 but without his voice does that make sense so I would hear the song the other day it happened to a song that was in Spanish it was the end of uh the movie Encanto and I was watching with my son and there was a song called Dos Oreguitas and it's called Two Butterflies but it was all in Spanish and I heard it playing and it 
I turned around and like I knew that it was talking to me, but I didn't understand any of the words. So I looked it up and it was this very specific message for me. And I was like, holy shit. So the more you pay attention to it, the stronger those things get. So that's just about building awareness so that you can recognize these messages when they're coming to you. So today when I was walking, this mockingbird flew out in front of me and it was a message. I felt it like calling out to me <laughs> for lack of better words. So I tried to ignore it for a second. and was like, no, I need to listen. So I Googled it. Uh, the mockingbirds meaning spiritually. So when I read it, <laughs> I got mixed emotions and then I just read through it and then I wrote what I was feeling. So this is what I wrote. I was out for a walk and a mockingbird flew by me. It stuck out to me. So I recognized that as a channeled message, my awareness and intuition is getting stronger. So after ignoring it for a moment, I decided to look up the spiritual meaning of the mockingbird. So an imposter, I am a mockingbird because I'm just mimicking everyone else. I don't have a true identity. I'm just regurgitating the information that I hear. I'm a fraud. People will hear my quote song and be drawn to me because they think I'm something else. But when they finally see me, they'll be disappointed because they'll see I'm only a mockingbird. But wait, this is when my perspective changes Look at the negatives as positives, the flaws as skills. Mockingbirds can speak the language of all birds. It is a translator, a hub, able to communicate the song of any bird, shouting it from the literal rooftops. She can talk to anyone, despite the fact that they don't look the same. She is the uniter of all of the birds' songs, a compilation of all of the stories of the other birds. They sing whether anyone is listening or not because it makes them happy to sing. And that's when I realized I, my job is to be the mockingbird. And I have talked about imposter syndrome. I recorded an episode about it and didn't put it out. That's a whole nother, <laughs> that's a whole nother thing. <laughs> because my imposter syndrome got the best of me. But that's what, that's, that's how I saw myself for a long time was like, you're this imposter and you're going to get caught. You're, people are going to realize that you're a fraud, that you have no idea what the fuck you're actually talking about. And I think, honestly, the best way that I have cured it was, like I said earlier, I started living by the advice that I was giving. That way, I have results. I got the receipts to prove it to you. Like, this is, I do these things. This is what I do. And look at my life. And they would be able to look at it and say, like, wow, all right, well, it does work. So that is something that I'm, I'm working on is the identity of myself and trying to figure out honestly who I even am at this point at 31 years old. I didn't think it was going to be something I was going to have to do at 31, but you're, we're always reinventing ourselves. So when I looked in the mirror, I didn't recognize the version of myself that I saw because it wasn't the, the old version of myself. So I'm going to do a full episode on it talking about your your blueprint your personal blueprint and how you can redraw that blueprint for your life and that's a Tony Robbins exercise and I want to do a whole episode about that but basically I have to redraw my blueprint of who I thought I was and I have to throw out the old one I'm not that person anymore so you have to stop identifying as that person otherwise you're going to be very confused because that's not who you are anymore it would be like I get I get married I can tell you this right now because honestly it's happened truthfully this is a great example get married took on my husband's last name 
uh, some of the paperwork we filed, some of it we didn't. So some things my name was changed on, some of it wasn't. And it was very confusing. And it's still confusing to this day because honestly, I never legally changed my last name, but I got my my license said, you know, my old, my married last name was Winstead. So my license says Winstead, half my credit cards say Winstead, the other half say Jones. So now when people ask me, even when I go to CVS and I'm picking up my drugs, my medicine not drugs and pick up my medicine and they're like what's the last name I don't even know I'm like Winstead or Jones I don't know and they're like what like how do you not know your fucking last name so it's like until you get everything on paper until you go through the records you're like hey I'm not Winstead I have no ties to Winstead I'm Jones my name is Jones like that the confusion will end there but you have to go through these like metaphorical paperwork and go through and really redraw that idea that you had of yourself to be updated with the person that you are now or the person that you are actively trying to become and I don't even know how long this podcast episode was honestly I feel like I could talk about this forever because it's just been so on my mind but it was important for me to get it out because like I said I have been hiding a lot of myself from the internet or from you know new people that I meet because I got confused about who I was at my my blueprints were all mismatched so I'm still actively doing this now like I said I'm still working on this to try to figure out exactly who I am but I'm never gonna I'm never gonna figure out who I am if I keep hiding parts of myself in this closet and and being ashamed of them. It's a huge manifestation block. Shame is a huge manifestation block. And that's what I'm doing. I'm telling those parts of myself, like, don't come out because people don't like you or you're embarrassing or you're too much, right? This is another part of the notes that I'll read to you that I wrote when I was going through some of this work. I was trying to say that I have struggled to integrate these parts of myself. And this is why it's because when I show myself to, to certain people, there are different reactions, right? So the people who don't think I'm too much, like the fun Becca, they like over the top, bravo obsessed, take my hoops out and fight a bitch version of me. But I'm not really that person anymore. I mean, I still don't get me fucking wrong, bitch. But you know what I'm saying? Like I still am not, that's not all I am. I can still be those things, which is, I guess, really what I need to learn is that all of these parts don't have to fall away from me. Just because I become a mother doesn't mean I'm not still a woman. Doesn't mean I'm not still, um, well, or was a wife, you know? Like, you're not, just because you become a mother doesn't mean that's your only identity. Holy shit, I'm having a breakthrough as we speak. So then there's this, uh, the ones who see me as the wise and the peaceful and they want advice but then they still don't understand the full scale of my thinking. And this is what I feel like too, like when I'm talking about it, I have a lot of friends who are still my friends, even if they don't go all the way with like my woo woo, <laughs> witchy spiritual stuff. They still love me. Like they still, it's like the crazy aunt. Like we don't necessarily get her, but we love her for sure. Which by the way is how my whole family is to me. It's like, they might not understand exactly how my brain works I know that <laughs> I know that they don't I've always identified as like the black chief of my family but it never it never took away the love that they felt for me so I had to realize that and then there's this last section of people who have seen all sides of me but are nowhere to be seen and that's what we were talking about earlier is you know this my ex who I loved and was this 
perfect mirror of me. Like we had everything in common and I show you my entire being and then you leave. <laughs> what do you think I to a person, you know? And it's the same thing with people whose parents abandoned them. It's like, there's this one person in my life. Your, your one God was to love me and you didn't. So what's wrong with me? It's not what's wrong with you, by the way. That's you signed a soul contract before your life to learn a lesson. And these things had to happen for you to learn your lesson. And let me tell you something, big heartbreak, a lot of lessons, okay? I have learned so much and I wouldn't have learned that much if the relationship wasn't so beautiful that I had with my ex. And you know how I know? Because I was married and that relationship was not beautiful. <laughs> there was, there were obviously some good parts. We have a son together, but still, holy shit. There was not like, when I got out of that relationship, it was like, Oh, I'm free. That was liberated. It was like freedom. I'm finally able to just like breathe and be myself. So I learned different lessons, but they were obviously not as difficult because that was more of a, a pleasant parting that we had. The not so pleasant parting, holy shit, so many lessons, you know, and that only happens from big heartbreak. So just accepting again that the universe is doing these things for you and not to you is the most important step. And I need to remind myself that there is a version of me who is all of these things. I don't have to just let these things die away. I, I don't have to, it doesn't make me less spiritual to watch a couple of episodes of trash TV. Do you know what I'm saying? I don't get consumed by it because it, I, I, I start noticing it having an effect on my psyche. You know, it is a lot. Okay. And Bravo watchers understand it's a lot. So I kind of have to take breaks in between, but there's nothing wrong with sitting down and having a day of just watching reality TV. Okay. I've got to give myself a little break there. Just like my other worry was that all of these Bravo people, I mean, Bravo Twitter is fucking brutal. So, and they make fun of housewives for doing the spiritual stuff. And meanwhile, I'm like, I love these retreats. I love their spiritual retreats. <laughs> I'm like, all of the shamans that they're going to see when they went to the sweat lodge. I'm like, these are all things I want to do. Like plant medicine. I want to, I, I want all this shit. I'll go deep into it. But then the people who talk about Bravo are like, uh, these are nutsos. These are the wacky like life coaches. Like they make fun of my people on Bravo. So good. I'm feeling <laughs> judged. I'm like, I don't want to post anything talking about this stuff to the people who follow me because of Bravo, because they're going to make fun of me or they're going to judge me or they're going to think less of me. But that's not true because you're not the only person who likes Bravo and also spiritual stuff. It's okay. Like there's a reason that you like all of these things, right? So that's something I'm working on is integrating all of the sides of myself and loving my shadows, loving the quote unquote bad parts of myself and changing the perspective like we did with the mockingbird where we saw something and it's like okay when I looked at the mockingbird I saw an imposter because that's my biggest fear it was a mirror for me so throughout your life I want you to remember that everything in your life is a mirrored reflection of what's going on inside of you so if you see something that is triggering you or a thought that's popping up, that is because it's something in inside of you that you need to be working on, okay? So once I change my perspective, like I'm not an imposter. I am a person who is able to take 
all these different lessons and put them into a, a format that multiple people are able to understand and relate to. Why is that not beautiful? Like, why is that? Why, do, what is, why does that make you an imposter? Does that make sense? You guys, so everyone just take a step back and look at something in your life that take the biggest one, like the biggest, whatever is weighing the most heavily on you right now and ask yourself first if it's fear-based and then if it is, throw it out and take action to, to move forward to get rid of that fear. And then see if you can turn the narrative around with a positive spin. You know, take the the things that are scaring you and look and say, okay, this is really just me seeing this in a bad light because I'm projecting all of my insecurities. Where did those insecurities come from? And just keep asking yourself, why? Well, where did that come from? Well, who told me that? And just keep digging and that's shadow work. And I'm going to do a whole episode on shadow work. Uh, hopefully, I'll, I'll, I think I'm going to try to ask Phoebe if she can come on here and tell me because I know that she's got all this expertise and I just want to tap into it. But um, with something as serious as shadow work, I want it to be like a full episode where I really like walk you guys through it because I keep forgetting that this is not stuff that people just know. I didn't even know all this stuff until like two years ago, but it seems so integrated in my life now that I forget that people don't know this. Like this is new information to some people. So Thank you guys so much for giving me your time. I'm sorry if I took you on a whirlwind there, but it's something that's important. And it's me. It's like my coming out party of telling you guys, I'm not going to be ashamed of who I am, regardless of how scary it is. (laughs) I am not going to be afraid of being my authentic self because that is where my power comes from. And I want you guys to remember that that's where your power comes from and to live as your authentic self, completely and totally honest with not just everyone else, but with yourself as well. All right, you guys, thank y'all so much for listening and we will see you hopefully next week. Bye.